Is your game getting you down? Is it time you enjoyed better golf? How about a full day clinic at the GUI National Golf Academy? Less than two hours from Belfast, the Academy is the perfect getaway for you and your friends. With clinics starting at €95, Euro, now is the time to experience better golf. Find out more and book online at bettergolf.ie. So good morning, good afternoon and good evening to whoever you may be listening to the NA Golf Channel podcast episode 86 and there's an awful lot to get through in this episode but before any of that, big news, the podcast has a new signing, Sky Scorch producer and reporter Emma Self <laughs> has joined the podcast as guest host and it's great to have Emma on board as we have plenty to chew over from the last couple of days of golf and weeks actually. So Emma, congratulations. It's great to have you on the podcast. Um, I hope you're fit and ready and we're to talk golf now this evening. Absolutely, Paul. I am as ready as I will ever be. And you're right, we have an awful lot to talk about, don't we? Okay. Uh, coming up today, we are hearing, apart from other things, from Soren Kelton, the 2015 Irish Open champion. And Paul has somehow installed him in his mind as defending champion this week. Definitely. I'm waiting Top to man. see exactly how you're justifying oh, really this. Ex- it's it's, I mean, it's he's mathematically genius. It, it sounds like Bryson DeChambeau maths to me yeah. that you're managing that one. So excellent, excellent. Uh, and Paul's also caught up with a former Northern Ireland Open champion, Callum Hill. Find out just what is taking to win around Galgorm Castle because it's not going to be an easy track. Sure, it's not. No, particularly if the expected weather comes in, I think it's meant to get cold and a bit wet, which is uh, traditional. So um, they've stretched it out over Mm -hmm. 7,000 yards. So it's going to be a proper test, I think, you know. But before any of that, uh, we need to start with the US Open, which was won in emphatic style by, and I nearly can't bring myself to say it, our friend Bryson (laughs) DeChambeau, a multiple winner of a Shanker <laughs> of the Week the award. Bryson was the only player to finish under par, and he finished six shots ahead of second place Matthew Wolfe. Roy McIlroy, he finished tied for eighth, with Shane Lowry tied for 43rd. G-Mac unfortunately missed the cut. Now then, Emma, what do you make of Bryson? Mm-hmm. Well, how long have you got, Paul? Well, I mean, to be honest, it's not like... It's not like he's appeared from nowhere, is it? He's been, he's been, as you say, shanker of the week one too many times. And to think that you can bring that style of play into a US Open and not only make the cut do well, but win it is quite impressive. He's a wee bit more, Mike, isn't he, old Bryson? Let's be honest. And yeah. the, res- the reaction on, on social media has been, as you would expect, I think half of the people supporting him, half of the people cannot believe that it's happened but he's no Patrick Reed, is he you know everybody is split it's not everybody on the same side going okay he's won it there you know but I mean he won he won by six shots if you look at it just on the leaderboard he was behind going into the last round Mm -hmm. not only has he pulled it back there was no need for a playoff he just he went out there he did his thing and he won a major and you cannot argue with that, frankly, you just can't. I mean, we're going to get into whether yeah. we think the way he did it is something to be upheld or we not, PK. Yeah. Yeah. But um, what, did, what did I make of him? He has gone away. He said he would come back. 
after the lockdown with changes that would make an impression and you cannot argue with what he's done out there. You really can't in, in that way, shall I say. Yeah, I think you cannot argue. What is it Tiger Woods said? Wins take care of everything. And in that case, he's gone out, he's done, he's done exactly what he said he was going to do. He had a game plan. He told everybody what the game plan was going to be and he implemented it perfectly. Exactly. And, you know, in, in some respects, you have to doff your flat cap to him. Sick as it makes me feel. <laughs> Sick as it makes me feel. But to the way, there's a wider question then about, you know, is he good for the game? Is he good for the the image of the game for the future of the game what does his victory mean in a wider sense now i do think it's key to point out that a lot of people keep talking about how far he hit it over the week and he did hit a long way yes which which yes yeah. but it's only part of it sure it's only it? part of it because it, he wasn't he wasn't the leader in the driving distance so he was missing it in the right no. places and his short game was good as well so he clearly had a whole game package. So he, once again, hats off to him. But I don't know if long-term golf can afford this. Well, I think that is it. It's, it's like, it's almost floodgates time, isn't it? Because the discussion about length, as you say, on tour, and that becoming a problem and how you know, the RNA or the USGA are going to contain the length of these professionals with the new technology that emerges. That discussion has been going on for a while. This, this is beyond that. This is taking it to almost a different mindset. He's not trying to use his length to get straight up the middle of a fairway. Yes, ideally, that is what he would do because that is, you know, he's not denying that that is still the aim. But mm -hmm. if it doesn't happen for him, then he's at such an advantage getting in there with those short clubs compared to somebody who's shot making and trying to get it in the fairway. And, you know, Jeff Ogilvie winning at Wingfoot compared to him. I mean, it's like it's, it's like it's another century. It's not 14 years ago. It's so different, but equally, you know, Matthew Wolf, would we be still having exactly the same discussion if he had won because his tactic was exactly the same, but he's not been getting the stick for it, has he? So it makes me think that it is part of the wider discussion. It's the way it's it's beyond exactly it's so many things with Bryson it's the sum of all his parts isn't it it's not just the length because like you say you don't win the US Open without the short game and his putting was exceptional we get you know we can't look past that side of it either can't we uh -huh. but Matthew Wolf on his press conference on the Saturday as well said you know some people will be going out and trying to find the fairways I, that's not what I'm out to do I'm massively paraphrasing obviously but it's the same intent, it's the same game plan, and in a way, it became a duel, didn't it, between the two of them. You know, poor wee Louis was out of it. He, he didn't have a look in, because his game is completely different. And they, you know, when it came down to it, it was the two of them playing, the, playing against the course, which we all like to uphold as the way you play golf. It's you taking on the golf course. And, you know, Bryson versus Wingfoot, there is no doubt about who can off what I hope that doesn't happen is that golf authorities react to this now and say, oh, we have to Bryson-proof golf courses. If Bryson turns around and wins a Masters by a street, then consider it. This was a one-off, okay? Sit back and see. Now, I agree there's an, issue, there's an issue over the length that the golf ball goes and all that sort of thing. That you have to agree with that. It's making a lot of courses redundant. Mm -hmm. Um, but in terms of reacting to it, let's just wait and see. Because, you know, one, what is it? One swallow doesn't make a summer. And we'll see how he does around, exactly, yeah. around Augusta uh, in, in November. 
however, however, he's going away now and said that he's going to go and get bigger and hit it further. Which, which, which kind of, but that, that, I think that's all part of his tactics, but that takes away from his game management. Because, uh, you know, you have yes. to hold your hands up and say, his game management is exceptional. He misses it in all the right places. Yes. So what I was saying about Bryson, have we got a sneaky, have we got a sneaky admiration for Bryson? I think I think we do. I think we'd have to call it a very grudging one. The thing is that most ball fans will have been watching it and they'll know that he'd been having a wee yap at that cameraman a few weeks back. They'll know that he was trying to get away with making using yeah. the rules to his advantage <laughs> exactly. or whatever we're terming that incident. Yeah. That he had a little Sergio incident in a bunker. You know, he's that he's dear goodness, yes, he's got all the skills going on in his head, but how long does it take him to putt? You know, there's all this surrounding him. It's not it's not just the bombing, the bombing gorge that's yeah. the issue here with him, I don't think. And like I say, I think if it was, like you say, we'll see what happens at the Masters. I think that's going to be a massive, massive part of it because he's been doing this also for a while since he came out. And it's not like he's totally obliterated the field every week. Yeah. It's been, it's partly because he's done it at this event and this is not where you're meant to be able to get away with that exactly. kind of malarkey, exactly. shall we say. Exactly. So, I agree. I agree. I think, we'll reserve judgment. Yes, yes, watch this space, yeah, shall we he, say. He'll be back in Shanker. He'll be back on top of the Shanker for a week before the end of the season, I guarantee. <laughs> he will, and he'll probably be on his way to a victory, and then you'll be totally like, what are we doing with this? <laughs> right, almost some news there, Emma, please. Yes, yes. Um, so there was, of course, other professional golf on at the weekend. Um, on the European Tour, South African Garrick. Is it Higo? Let me see. Is it Higo or Higo? We're going for it. Is Higo? I'm going for Higo. Going for Higo. I'm going for Higo. But to be honest with you, I've never said anybody's name right in this podcast. So (laughs) far, far away. It's one of those that when it's said in the South African accent, I'm not sure if we're going to be aiming for that or the way that we say it in our accent. I would, I would suggest that you probably have a better go at it than me. (laughs) Well, we'll have another go just in case. Okay, on the European tour. South African Garrick Higo won the weather hit Open in Portugal and there was some cracking weather going on there. Like was, lightning and all sorts. It was really quite impressive. Um, it wasn't a great weekend for the home players. Unfortunately, Paul Dunn, Niall Tierney and Gavin Moynihan all missed the cut. Despite the weather reminding them of home in some ways, maybe it was the lightning that was too much for them. But anyway... Um, on the ladies' European Tour, Swedish sensation Julia Engström won the Lacoste Ladies Open France by one stroke from Celine Herba and Magdalena Simmermacher, which was pretty tight for her, but she really is a Swedish sensation, as we say. Uh, and over on the LPGA, now, uh, Mel Reid was leading this for a wee while as well, right. but then England's Georgia Hall came out on top, winning the Portland Classic, and she beat Ashley Bruhai with a par on the second hole of their playoff. And also, excitingly in that, so Leona Maguire finished in a tie for 28, so she is still making progress all the time. Um, Stephanie Meadow, unfortunately, missed the cut, but still, you know, another another good event for Leona. And, you know, the girls are getting out there and they're finally getting some good games in. You know, they're getting competitive play properly, which is yeah. all that any of the golfers actually want at the minute, isn't it, after what's been going on this year? Yeah, well, I think, you know, in terms of their, their rankings at the moment, Stephanie's... She's ranked 55 in the, on the LPGA, race to the CMA Globe, they call it. Leona's 54th. Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, there was the, the women's major there uh, about two weeks ago now, the ANA inspiration. And all three Irish players, that's Stephanie, Leona, and the amateur, Olivia Mahaffey, all made the cut. Now, I've been digging around and asking a few people. Amazing. Yeah. I think it's the first time since three Irish women ever made the cut at a major championship. It may be the first time. I can't be certain. Either way, I did put out a tweet at one stage that it's, it could be one of those watershed moments where we look back and think that mm-hmm. was a moment that Irish women's golfers started to believe. You know, on the back of, on the back of Stephanie's, well, let's be honest, in 2014, Stephanie did finish third in the US. Yes. But like yes. the, the trade of Olivia going through as well, and she's still not turned pro. But you know, what is that? You're, 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 you're a woman golfer. You've played a bit of golf. You enjoy watching golf. What does um, that mean to you? It means an awful lot, to be honest. And I think it probably means a lot to them as a trio as well as individually. Because all, all three of them have all been saying for a long time that they are wanting, obviously, to compete on the LPGA Tour. And they're putting all the work in to do that. You know, Leona and Stephanie have obviously played in the Olympics together as well. But all three of them, even though, you know, Olivia's not, as you say, turn pro, all three of them are always saying all they really would like their legacy to be is to inspire, and not even legacy, currently, uh-huh. to be inspiring more girls to play golf in Ireland, obviously, as a priority across Ireland, but also just in general to be part of the movement of getting women's sport to another level. And it does mean a lot because, you know, the boys, if you like, in inverted commas, have had Rory and GMAC and Darren and, you know, Podrick and Paul, looking back a wee bit further, they've, they've had them to look up as, you know, as men. And not that all golfers in Ireland have obviously looked up to them as well. But there is something about, you know, it, you're hearing it more and more at the moment um, in the media and things about you've got to see it to be it. And I think that, you know, for the next generation, that's, that's really important to see your country women doing well. And they just are. And they're not going anywhere, you know, and they've, you know, Stephanie has been at a great place of elevation and then she's had an awful lot to deal with behind the scenes. As we know, it's been, it's been tough for her comeback, but she's doing it. Olivia has been, had to postpone turning professional again. She was trying to do it before, then she had a hand injury, I think it was. And, you know, COVID has obviously set her year back. She's now, I think, I was reading that she's going to extend her studies in Arizona. So she's going to do a master's now she's finished her original degree so that she can keep up the good work, as it were, with her golf and and with her studies. So she's, you know, these are resilient women. You don't get onto the LPGA in the first place. You don't even get invites without putting so much work in and having all that talent. And they're doing so well. I think, I think Bodoshed probably, you know, I think you're right. It sounds like a massive statement, but I think it is, Mm. one of those moments where we'll turn, look around and go this was a big deal that this yeah. happened because it's a ma- it's a major and yeah. you know you can't you can't say you can't really overemphasize i don't think how how important and how big an event it was and also just how hot it was there as well i mean the conditions <laughs> these were not irish playing conditions this is not the sort of weather they're going to be having at the irish <laughs> open is it 45 no. degrees like no. my word i've been looking at five degrees at yeah. the irish open the actual event was won by Marion Lee after a three-way playoff that was pretty brilliant she chipped in a couple of times there as well on the way to win that I'm not so sure about that big wall behind the back of that 18th green but I don't know what that was don't know what was there was a bit of controversy there as well I still can't work that out the the big blue wall 
no, no. I think it's probably got its own Instagram page or something after last week, the big blue wall, but there we are. <laughs> right then, onwards, amateur golf, Emma. Onward, yes, let's catch up with our amateur, Sally. Um, the Hermitage's Rowan Lester won the Murray Timber Group-sponsored Connacht Strokeway Championship at Portmanac Golf Club with seven under par total, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other amateur news, the Golf Ireland, GUI and ILG, they've confirmed that the World Handicap System will come into effect in Ireland from the 2nd of November, which is really not that away um, and that will of course replace the current unified handicapping system of Congo which has been used forever in the day so it's going to be quite a big change but uh, there's plenty of information on the golf net system and that's probably the best place to start if you're interested in finding out more rather than me trying to explain it to you or because me. I need to find out exactly how it works but so we're it, not going to yeah. get it there will be three amateurs competing in this week's Dubai Judy Free Irish Open Mark Parr James Sugru, fresh from his missed cut at the US Open, but plenty of experience gained. He still seems in very good form like that. Mm-hmm. And Tom McKibben will be in action as well. Indeed, indeed. So finally then, in the new section, staying with the Irish Open. So obviously it's tournament mm-hmm. week at Galgorm Castle. And really, such a shame, really, when they've worked so hard to get it, that the fans will not be allowed in to watch the bubble is very much in effect. Uh, I think, to be honest with you, max six to 700 people on the grounds at any one time, and they're tested with an inch of their life. Before they go into the bubble, <laughs> you're in the bubble, and anybody even looks like they've got a temperature isn't allowed near the place. So Shane Lowry is obviously the star attraction. There's plenty of informed winners playing. Uh, George Kutsia, yep. Catlin, who won at Valderrama. Now, Emma, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who do you okay, fancy? No, but don't be doing that. <laughs> Who do you fancy? Who do you fancy to win? Well, you know, I, I think actually Garrick. I, I think you know he, he won the, in Portugal there, but he uh-huh. also finished seventh here in the Challenge Tour event. Uh huh. So I, I feel you know, beware a the injured golfer, but also the informed golfer, and I think he's. He's got a little something going on because he was shooting very low the whole of last week. And yeah, he's, he's played this course and finished seventh before. So I'm, I'm going to go with him. I would love to go with someone from home, but I'm actually going to go with him. Well, I'll tell, <laughs> tell you what I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for Ryan Fox, who won this tournament. Oh, he, he won this tournament, I think it was in 2015. I could be wrong, in the Challenge Tour. But Ryan, also, yep. he's won at Galgorm, but he also has Chris Selfridge on the back. Mm-hmm. Chris formerly played around there as well when he was working in pro golf when he was a player. So I reckon the two of them could be very, very handy around Galgorm. Just one That's thing. A... They've both come just mm-hmm. flown back from the open US Open. No, you see, I was looking at Ryan and I thought, not so sure because of the old jet lag. So... Yeah, jet lag might be a problem. I'm only hoping that familiarity means that they don't need an awful lot of prep for the place and that they can that they don't have point. to do the, you know, Chris should have his have his yardage books from any number of events. So he should be able to deal with that that's all. That's a very good point. Yeah. Of course, as I said, I think that's a good, good shot, actually. Well, I'm, I'm hoping so. Now, obviously, we'd <laughs> love to see Johnny Caldwell or Cormac Sharvin do well. Um, of the two of them, Johnny's probably been enjoying the most consistent form of late. He's had five, yeah. sorry, five fin- good finishes in a row. Hasn't had any top 10s yeah. or top 20s. Very consistent. And also... Can't rule out the NI Open champion, Emma, Tyler Quivisto. No. 
who no, uh, that's a very good point. Who also won just a couple of weeks ago, but um, he might be just still getting his feet on the ground. So I don't know. I actually think it's. I would I would suggest that you're right. I think somebody who's played it, who's come through the challenge to ranks, is bound to have an advantage around her because it is. They, such they a should good do. Thing. They should do. I really do. As I said, it would have been nice to see the fans there for Galgorm just. Um, you know, but, yes, but uh, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll well, bring it back. That, I will, you can only hope that it would be like a mini version of what happened in Portrush. Obviously, yeah. nowhere near the same scale as having the Irish Open yeah. and then the Open. But you would hope that maybe, yeah, if it is a success, that um, it wouldn't just be almost as a, this was a token gesture. Because it's been, it's proven so, it's done so well as a venue for the Challenge Tour. And, and like you say, the fans, the fans sort of deserve the chance to go, I would say. And also all, you know, any player who comes to play um, anywhere in Ireland on a, on a professional event is always so complimentary of the fans and the understanding they have of the game and the, the crack they have while they're there. And it's just, you know, it would be nice to have the full rounded experience. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, if they could bring it back, that would be excellent. Excellent. Um, so, but the weather is okay and nobody has put off <laughs> from the fields for the future. <laughs> <laughs> like 2015. But, uh, well, yes, and actually, yeah, if the weather is a wee bit challenging in Galgorm, uh, I think it, the sun shone intermittently for roughly two minutes, 35 seconds through the whole week, I believe it was something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was about that uh, But anyway, yeah. uh, but Son Kelton, uh, the winner from 2015, could possibly work, be worth a wee wager this week, as we know he can cope with those sort of conditions. And Paul, you caught up with the defending champion are we are you still sticking by this defending listen, champion I, yeah. I have to be honest with you when I put if you listen to the audio when I put it to Soren that he was the defending champion he jumped at it he was oh, quid, oh, he, well I would oh, believe that he was quids in for it he <laughs> 100% <laughs> so there he is yes he's a defending champion Soren Kelsey okay Okay, well, excellent. So uh, here's where Paul got on catching up with the defending champion. When you reflect on, on 2015 and the win at Royal County Down, um, apart from the cold, what was it that you remember most about it? Well, there were a few things for me because, um, funnily enough, uh, about 12 months prior to that tournament, one of my, my best friends... Uh, who's Northern Irish, he, uh, he invited me to go up and, uh, and play uh, County Down and a couple of other courses. Um, so Graham, uh, my good friend, he came up. Uh, he lived in Brazil at the time, so he came up. We shared a house um, for, for the tournament, but uh, we'd, had, we'd been there 12 months earlier to play the course. I fell in love with it straight away. So Graham came up and... Um, all the way from Brazil, and uh, and the first thing he said to me is like, "We're here to 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 pick up a trophy," and uh, and end of the week, you know, uh, there we were. So um, so there was a little bit of a fairy tale story there. I also remember that I just started uh, two weeks before that. I just joined up with Alistair, my new caddy, and uh, and and pretty much from the day that Alistair picked up my bag, things just started to change. So. Um, so, so there was just so much uh, feel-good factor about the whole week for me and, and obviously a, a golf course that I just absolutely loved and, and the fact that it was, it was, uh, it was brutal conditions and, and I love stuff like that. I, I, I love when you have to fight for pass and, 
and you got to grind it out. And um, so, so th- those are the things that sort of stick out. Yeah. I remember um, you, you were very effusive about your caddy and, and the impact he was having on your game in 2015. But also, I think you settled into the whole vibe very quickly. As you said, it was hard, but there were still people out watching and you were getting the support for your bogeys and pars and grinding it out. Yeah, absolutely. The the support was amazing. And, and, and I don't know if I made this up, but like in the playoff, I felt like... Um, I felt like I, I I had so much support. I nearly felt like you know that people actually wanted me to win. I don't know if I made that up or, but there was just you know the warmth and the and the appreciation of the shots and and I, I felt like I was being carried you know forward uh, by the spectators and by the atmosphere. It was just such a it was just such a wonderful experience. Now you you said you spent some time playing golf in Northern Ireland and competed obviously at at various Irish Opens, but have you played any of the Parkland? Have you did you play any Parkland golf at all in your visits to Northern Ireland? Uh, I did not. No, unfortunately, no. I I played. Um, we played. Um, um, what's it called? Uh, Stewart uh, Port Port Stewart. Port Stewart. That's right. Is that what's called? Yes. Yes. Paul, Paul Stewart, we played, and uh, we also played. Um, see, this is where I really feel I'm getting old. I, I, I can't remember the names now. That's bad. Forty-five. That's what happened. <laughs> but you, <laughs> the point is that Galgorm is an is a classic Parkland course. It's an old. It's a classic inland type golf course. So, so you know, you've seen. What are you expecting, or what? What are you hoping to see? Well, I've spoken to a couple of the Danish guys uh, that play Challenge Tour on uh, on Galgorm. Do I say that correctly? Yes. I don't know. Yes. Um, yes. But uh, and, okay, and and they, they loved it. They they said it was a great golf course, um, and and it was a great place, and they 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 really enjoyed it when they were there. So um, it's obviously going to be very different to to County Down, but um, the only things that I've heard are very very um, positive and. Uh, appreciative of, uh, of the whole place. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing. And how do you think your game is at the minute? Because I've informed, I've just decided that you're the defending champion as John Ram isn't going to be there and Rory's <laughs> not going to be there. So I was just okay. going down, I was just going down the list and, and, and you, you definitely are the defending champion. <laughs> okay. No, but that's, that sounds fine with me. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Um, but uh, but my form my form has been um, not great but not bad either. Um, I think you know uh, it's it's great that we're playing again. Uh, obviously, the, you know we need the spectators, and it's such a shame we don't have you know huge crowds at the moment. But um, yeah, my my performances have been a little bit flat. Um, but um, I, I actually feel like you know I'm I'm seeing some good signs. Last couple, two, uh, last two tournaments I played, you know, I got into a rhythm for, you know, sometimes 10, 12 holes where I was actually playing really well. I haven't been able to finish off tournaments well, so obviously I want to change that. But, um, you know, I've been in this game for a long time and I, I know there are lots of ups and downs and, um, you know, I'm loving it. I, I can't wait to, to, uh, to go to Northern Ireland again. And I think... You know, just just to be there again, I think it's going to bring back a lot of uh, great memories for me. And 
and and, and just being in Northern Ireland is uh, something I always enjoy. You're, you're talking about still loving it, and as you said, you're now 45-ish. Um, and that win back in 2015 came at, <laughs> came, came at a great time in your, in your career because you'd, you'd had a bit of a flat period again and you were, I think you were questioning yourself whether you still had that desire to, to keep at it. But where are you in that sort of approach to the game and your own career now at the minute? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really questioning if I still, uh, if I still wanted it, or, or, or you know, if I wanted to put in the work, and that I was just more questioning, you know, whether I was still good enough, really. Mm-hmm. And um, but, but again, you know, being forty-five, I think I probably questioned that for the last probably twenty-five years. So I'm sort of getting used to that questioning thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's sort of, I don't know. It seems to be a part of me that I'm never quite sure that you know, that I'm good enough. Um, but um, that's one of those things. I suppose that sort of keeps me sharp and it keeps me practicing. And and, and like I said to you, you know, I um, I still love it. I still love the challenge. Um, I love seeing the new guys coming out. And um, it's not getting easier to, to compete, but, yeah. you know, it's a different challenge and uh, I'm yeah. still up for it. Uh, and and in, when you, in your own terms of dealing with the, the bubble and dealing with working within the bubble and surviving the processes and the protocols. How have you found that? I, I think overall it's been great. I think the tour has done a great job, but, um, but you know, it's nice to have that break at night where you go out to a restaurant, maybe you sit outside and you chat to people and, and, and stuff like that. And, and now suddenly you're, you're stuck in a hotel. You can only eat with one other person or maybe two um, it is very different, um, but you know, things are not ideal at the moment. Uh, not for us as golfers, and for a lot of people, you know, they are a lot worse. So um, I'm I'm happy to be playing. It's it's not, you know, it's it's not like we want it, but uh, it's still a lot better than not playing. So um, yeah, we we have to get on with it. And you made reference to the fact, obviously, that there's no fans or. And is that something that you found hard? I know some of the players have talked about needing the players, to, needing the fans to react to, to give them a bit of energy. Is that something that you've had to deal with? Yeah. Um, I, you know, you, you, you come to these, you know, some of these holes where there's more atmosphere than maybe the rest of the golf course. And, and I think over time, when I look back, you know, it, those situations tend to get the best out of you. You just got that little extra 5% because you, you feel like you're part of, you know, entertainment and, and, you know, it, it gets the sort of juices flowing and, uh, and obviously have, we haven't got that yet. So um, it is, it is different and it, it is, you know, it is a challenge, but at the same time, you know, that's the way the things are. I think one thing is for sure that, when the fans come back, I think we, we're going to love that. And I think, you know, if somebody makes a little noise in our backswing, maybe it's not so bad, you know, when that starts happening. We actually, we'd like to be put off, you know. It's better <laughs> than being just dead quiet the whole time. It's awful. So, uh, you know, when in the future, when a, a, a phone goes off and all that, we, we'll be okay with that, I think. I hope we will. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I think it's become clear that there are some golfers who are, really entertainers and, and they, 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 they enjoy that interaction. For them, the idea of, of playing golf by themselves might as well be practice. 
Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think, I, to be fair, I think most people, you know, if, if they're good at something, you'd like to show it, you know, and uh, and therefore, if you haven't got anybody looking, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's different. You you like to to show off in a way. I suppose that's that's part of us. You know, it's it, it is a bit like a circus, uh, and we we love to entertain and we love to get the crowds involved and. You know, all that is is part of it, and and we do love that, and we do miss that. So therefore, you know, we we gotta stay patient, and and hopefully one day. Mm-hmm. And if if I was to give you some wet and windy weather for next week in Galgorm, would would you be happy to try and? Would you think that would put you in prime position? Yeah, I'd love that. I mean, I I wouldn't <laughs> mind if it's uh, twelve degrees and the rain coming in sideways. It, it's fine with me. You know, so uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't mind that. So uh, I think that there are a few of us that really like that. You know, Paul Laurie comes to mind. Yes, he always seems to. You know, he, he shoots sixty-eight when it's coming inside. When the next day it's it's sunny and twenty-five degrees, and he shoots seventy-one. You know, he seems to be that sort of player. And I suppose I'm a little bit like that as well. And, and is is that just your nature, or was that you know your background growing up? Why why, why is that? Yeah, I think growing up, I'm used to very windy conditions, west west coast of Denmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, our weather is probably similar to uh, to Northern Ireland, so uh, we don't get a whole lot of frost during the winter. But you know, so you can always sort of play. You can always get out there. So so you're used to some some pretty horrible stuff out there, and and therefore you get into this mindset of of fighting out a score. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I enjoy that, and I suppose that's why. When I look over my career, I, I seem to have sort of thrived in, in tough conditions like that. Yes. And certainly, um, talking about your form being reasonably good, um, last time out in Valderrama, you put together some good scores as well, which would be considered a testing week. It was certainly with that wind and that course, that was a challenge. Yeah, it was a very tough course. I love that place as well for the same reason, really, that you, you have to... You really have to grind hard there to 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 get it round. And um, I was disappointed with my last round, but um, but like I said, you know there were, there were three good rounds there, and I uh, I managed to play some good stuff during that tournament. So yeah, I I, I choose to believe that uh, that it's uh, it's sort of trending upwards. I think. Trending upwards. <laughs> and I think one of, <laughs> one of the things that was interesting talking about just you said beforehand that you just finished practicing with your son was that um, during the last tournament in, in over in, in Spain at Valderrama, the commentators kept making reference to your sons playing so well. <laughs> so they must be... Yeah, that's must, right. They were playing the club championship. So they were winning the club championship while you were battling to battling and scraping for a par around Valderrama. Absolutely. Yeah, my, my oldest son, he finished the club championship uh, uh, seven under or ten under. Ten under, he says. He's in the background. Ten under he finished and I, I shot 79 on Sunday. So, um, yeah, so he, he was on top that day. Very good. And I presume golf and with your kids and with your family still, you know, you do enjoy social golf. It's interesting you talked earlier about you just went for some golf in Northern Ireland for a break. So social golf is still something that you enjoy doing as well. Mm. Is that a- yeah, I do love it. I, I love everything about, the, you know, to, to be out with friends and, you know, go to places like County Down where it's just absolutely stunning on every hole and, 
and uh, and you get to you get to know people really well when you play golf with them as well. Uh, you know, character really comes through, and uh, you know, good good stuff and bad stuff. But uh, no, I I love it. That it's a uh, there's something about this game that's just um, endlessly fascinating. Brilliant stuff. So thank you very very much for coming on the podcast. And uh, as I said, good luck defending the title next week in Galgorm. <laughs> thank you very much I love that defending my my title five years down the <laughs> and, and, and hopefully uh, we'll get to chat to you um, when you're a couple of good rounds in Rinder thank you very much again thanks very much Four. It gets better better. Hey. is your game getting you down is it time you enjoyed better golf how about a full day clinic at the GY National Golf Academy Less than two hours from Belfast, the Academy is the perfect getaway for you and your friends. With clinics starting at €95, now is the time to experience Better Golf. Find out more and book online at bettergolf.ie. So if you want to know how to do the business at Galgorm, I suppose it pays to speak to somebody who knows how to win round there. And I'm great to say that Callum Hills joined us from a bit of practice in Glen Eagles. Callum won in 2018 over at the MA Open with a superb score. Final round, 64, 19 under par in total. So you know how to get it done around Galgorm. Yeah, um, it was one of my first few starts and uh, it was nice to do somewhere that was close to home where family could be watching, so it was good fun. Yeah. What do you remember about the week? Because like, some of the scoring that was seen at Galgorm has never been as low as that, but... You really got stuck in there when it mattered in that final round. Yeah, um, I just remember putting really well. So I think that always helps. Um, and the greens were in fantastic shape. So um, I, I do remember putting good. And then there was a couple of holes that I really enjoyed that I think I played well, which was um, kind of the par fives around the stretch. 9, 10 and 18, I guess. And then the second, I think I did quite well on that week. So the ones that you can get a score going on, I think I did really well. And, and then didn't do too much damage outside of that. Um, it was a big win for you, sort of, as you say, it was within one of your early starts. And you, you kick-started then. You also you played very well down in Monaghan there that week, as well, that season as well, at, at Conquer Wood. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you won two more, two more events and then you're now on the European Tour. So... The challenge tours worked very well for you in terms of your development. What have you what what have you taken from it to work on for your European tour career? Yeah, it was it was a fantastic um, stepping stone for me. I think it was something that was completely necessary for myself, and it just kind of helped kind of gradual improvement through to the European tour, which was great. Um, and then it just provided week in week out really good competition to assess where your game is and. You know, work on your faults. Yeah, it's so an opportunity to pinpoint issues that you had to try and deal with, I suppose, before you made it onto the the bigger mm-hmm. set, the bigger scene. And was there anything in particular that you were work that you needed to work on then? Just, I think, sharpening up every aspect. Uh, um, things come and go. You're sometimes better at some things than others, but um, just as a whole, as golf is throughout the whole time you play it you're just always working on something so different at different times I think in terms of confidence and returning to a place that you've done well at um, is that something that is important to you do you think that's something that can give you that wee edge next week at the Irish Open 
Um, I think it definitely gives you confidence, or it gives me confidence anyway. It's somewhere that I know the course quite well, playing it twice now, um, and have good memories at it. So I don't, I don't think it can hurt at all. It should be um, definitely aids my attempt next week. Yeah, and and is there one part of your game that you think that you need? Apart, you mentioned putting, but you know they do say it's not overly long. Straightness off the tee still counts an awful lot, Ringelgore. Yeah, usually the rough is a bit um, thick and stiff, definitely in patches and can make... A... Actually, what's interesting is the long holes around Galgorm play exceedingly hard because I don't think drivers always a club because of the fairway importance. I'm sure it'll be similar to that this year. But definitely yeah. um, finding fairways around there is very important. Yeah, yeah. And, and Callum, thinking about... Um, the necessity of, of developing and, and where your game has developed now. You've had a couple of decent runs since the return to um, competitive golf. How have you found the whole getting back in the swing of things since lockdown? I think um, the way this year's panned out for me has been quite beneficial because it gives you, uh, um, obviously you kind of get like to, dip your feet in the water and try all the courses out without super like a huge amount of pressure on retaining status or anything like that yeah. then it also provides a year that um, a lot of work can be done and improvement in areas that you may not otherwise be able to work on because the kind of the importance of competing usually is results based as opposed to um, kind of improving aspects you can always kind of play with faults and just kind of manage them but now this year has given you a real good chance to try and Working the the underlying issues and then not having them be an issue anymore, really. Yeah, which is yeah. quite nice. That's a good idea. And in in terms of the lockdown experience, I know that you uh, got stuck out in Arizona for a while, which wasn't such a bad thing because it allowed you to play. Mm. How have you mm. found How have you found bubble life? Uh, personally, I don't mind it. I don't find it to be that much different, to be honest. I think I'd say the only difference for me is that it, obviously in the evenings when you're going out to dinner, there's no option to go to a restaurant with a couple of friends or something you kind of um, but my brother caddies for me so um the company's not too bad so it's not i haven't found it terribly troubling to be honest yeah well that's not that suppose if, if you're that way inclined that you're happy in your own company and happy your brother's company it kind of doesn't feel any different to a normal run-of-the-mill event for you no not not drastically and then a couple of the resort area courses have been there's been a, they're kind of out of the way and there's been a lot of restaurants in the hotels and stuff, for example, Wales, where I don't think really you do too much different that week other than not getting a cotton swab shoved up your nose and yeah, kind yeah. of wearing a mask everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of where your game is and how you're feeling ahead of coming over, you know, uh, this old phrase, you're trending in the right direction. I think it's definitely, there's been a lot of work being put in in different aspects and it's definitely heading in a good direction. So there's been a couple of good weeks and a couple okay weeks and a couple of duff ones, but I think that's just the way golf goes sometimes and it's definitely going in a direction that I'm quite happy with. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should, should, uh, should pose for a good week. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much for speaking about that. In terms of, Callum, your, your overall interest and development in, in golf and where you see yourself going, um, you know, you spent some time in America, you did very well over there. And your rise was quite quickly in terms of the development on the Challenge Tour. Mm -hmm. Have you felt that you're moving at the pace you want to be moving? Yeah, I'd say um, 
it was great how quickly things kind of came about for me. I, I obviously had a bit of luck thro thrown in there that helped um, my progress. But if I can continue to improve or kind of continue on a path similar to the, the speed of which I've been on, then that would be fantastic. I know that's very unlikely to keep progressing each mm -hmm. step and kind of eventually being a dual member of European and PGA Tour and kind of have a worldwide schedule where you can play where you want. Um, that's the ideal and scenario. Mm -hmm. The end of things, getting there is obviously going to be a slower progress than it was to this position. But as long as there is continual progress until that point and then continuing from then, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. So you're not putting any extra pressure on yourself to try and reach a certain target within a certain period of time. That's not, your, that's not the way you go about things. No, no. I think just at the start of the year, I'll... I, I'm not a huge goal setter, honestly. So, like the last, I'll just go in and say when I had a few invites, the goal was to do well enough to retain status for mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on the Challenge Tour, and that's I did manage to do that in 2018. And then last year was to get off, no matter where that was, I managed to do that. And then this year just has kind of gone to pieces with um, yeah, yeah, COVID and everything. And then so next year will be to try and. Um, keep my world ranking as high as it possibly can and then have a good year next year so that I can get into much bigger events. Now, Scotland seems to be producing a right batch of really good players. And I know Connor, it's Connor Sainz though for playing in the US Open at the minute. Um, is there, is, is, does that sort of encourage you? How do you feel that sort of group of people all the right age, all sort of making a name for themselves? Do you feel like they're your peers? You need to be reaching that level and, and moving on? I think it's nice. Um, obviously, there's a lot of camaraderie between kind of countries on the European tour. People kind of gather to to where they're from. I guess is probably the best way to say. It. Mm. So you spend a decent amount of time with those people that are doing really well in in Scotland, which is great to see some young guys progressing the way they are. And I, anyone that's doing well, obviously, if you've played with them a bunch or, or speak to them a bunch and you know what their game is compared to yours and you think you can do the same thing, I think it obviously spurs you on to, yeah. to try and achieve what is being achieved. Yeah, very good. And finally, just before we, we get finished up, Dylan Eagles, or is, that your home, is that your home course? Is that the sort of place that you would practice at regularly? Um, and is, yeah. Yeah, and, and is inland golf you know, your thing? Are you a Lynx man or a inland golf man? I haven't played a vast amount of Lynx golf, um, even as an amateur. So I'd say I'm probably more suited to inland. However, I don't mind the challenge of Lynx golf, and I seem to have done relatively well at it yeah. when it has come up, even though it doesn't come up very often. Yeah. So, um, no, I enjoy both, and both are, are different challenges. And after that, I know after the DDF Irish Open, there's a couple of events coming up in Scotland, which I'm sure you've been targeting. Yeah, um, I'll likely play both of them even though I'm sure the second one uh, will be dreadfully cold and windy um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll probably try and battle the weather out and see how it goes, it should yeah. be good fun I see they just announced today that one of those events I think they're going to try and get some spectators back into the game how, All right. have, I haven't how, seen that. yeah I think it's the, asset, the Scottish the asset, I'll just check it up now Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the Scottish Open it's going to pilot a few fans, 650 fans a day. Sure. How have you felt the playing without fans? How has that, that affected you negatively? 
I wouldn't say it's drastically affects me at all, to be honest. Um, when fans are present, it doesn't bother me too much. And then I'm probably more used to playing without fans being on the challenge. To- yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, you don't often get too many people about. Um, South Africa and so on, there, there wasn't really many fans either, just because I think of in the parts of the world where golf isn't that um, popular, maybe, I'm not sure. But there yeah. weren't too many fans anyways, not being used to having huge spectators watching her throughout, so it hasn't really affected me too much. So, But it'll be quite nice to see people and having a cheer if you hit a golf shot close, or at least feeling everything. If you can't see the bottom of the cup and you get a cheer, you know your ball's close. <laughs> Well, Callum, listen, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your practice uh, and I'm, I'm looking ahead to the Irish Open with us. Um, good luck next week when you come over um, and hopefully your wee bit of experience will, will, will stand in good stead. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. And that's it for episode 86. Emma, thank you very much for coming on. I hope you enjoyed it. I've had a ball. Thank you so much for having you, me. You'll, 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 you'll come back again, will you? I would love to come back again. Brilliant. Yes, please. Yes, brilliant please. stuff. Brilliant. Well, you can stay up to date with everything on the podcast channels, as Twitter and Facebook. And listen, if you want to keep up to date with what Emma's doing work wise, she does do a wee bit of work occasionally. Emma, how can people follow you on social media? <clears throat> Where can they get um, you? I am. They can get me. So uh, they can get me at Twitter um, at BangerM because I am obviously a Banger girl. Um, so yes, at BangerM on Twitter. Um, and I'm not really, a, not really a Facebook girl in the public domain. That is very much just family, baby sharing photos and the like, which okay. no other person on earth would be interested in. So very, there we go. Very good. Listen, that's it. Thank you very much. And we'll speak to you all again next time out. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.